What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. Uh, yeah, so I'll just get started with an intro, I guess. Um, okay. And then I can kind of introduce them, and then they can introduce themselves. So we're the Trivers team, sure. and they're from Singapore, and then I'm from the U.S., but majority of the team is from Singapore. And then they're really working on just bridging not only their Web3 experiences with their Web2 expertise and experiences, but also bridging sort of, like we mentioned before, the East and the West, because they are from Singapore. And so on my side, I'm kind of handling the Web3 side of things and the strategy there, marketing and all that. And we talked about my past experiences and all that. And on the other Web3 side, we have Blue, who, you know, has to talk to the devs, has to work with the artists and also understands the market as a person that's been heavily involved in the NFT space as a trader. And that'd be Blue on the Traverse account. And then finally, we have CS, who's doing a lot more of the technical, or yeah, I guess more of the technical ideas with the game, and then also sort of spearheading like the project management, and then also having that his network and connections, because he works at the places that he works, he has a lot of connections there. And then he's also done a lot of like tokenomics works for them, as you'll touch on later. And that just kind of puts him in a perfect place as both in between Web 2 and 3. And he can bring all those experiences into the Triverse. And yeah, the Triverse is basically 2Blue and CS is like like baby or like their love. So they're both working on this as founders. And yeah, I'm part of the core team. So 2Blue, if you want to introduce yourself and also um, CS. Yeah, hi. I'm Tubru. I'm in the NFT space since last year, October. Uh, I have quite a few NFT that is considered blue chips, like Kaiju King, uh, Mutant Ape, Habibis, Gojira, all that. So I'm actually in quite a few communities. I approach CS... Uh, to start drivers, we feel that NFT is a next generation technology, and so here we are starting a game five project. Yes, you want to continue? Yeah. Hi. Good morning, everybody. So, um, I'm CS. Uh, basically, a bit more about myself. Um, as what Paul mentioned. I'm actually um, working in the cryptocurrency exchange. I'm doing BD there. I hate the BD section there. I run the exchange basically. Um, besides that, I'm also part of the team that's behind Crypto One. Um, so I'm doing BD there as well. Crypto One is actually a NASDAQ listed spec special purpose acquisition company. What we do there ourselves is that we look at uh, possible targets for acquisition. Um, Targets or acquisition bring um, companies that are operating in the crypto space, fintech space, or blockchain space. 
So um, that's what I do there. I identify tar- targets for acquisition. So basically, that's what I do in, in, in IRL. Um, how so we came about Travers itself, as, as what um, um, Tubu mentioned. So me and Tubu um, go way back in terms of um, um, in Web2 as well, because we have done a couple of businesses together before. And when he approached me with this idea, with um, talking about getting involved in Web3 space, NFT space, um, or something that interests me as well, because um, being crypto space, blockchain, I think it's a natural extension. It's also something that I realized that um, speaking up some attention and, and trend. And it's proven that it's more than fat because there are quite a lot of um, major companies and brands that are adopting uh, NFT in their functionality within, as, uh, within their business model or how they operate as a business. So um, then again, why, why did we come about with Trivers Project, what Trivers Project is all about. Um, Trivers, basically, as what um, Tubu and both Paul mentioned, um, actually we're a composition of both Web2 and Web3 people. Uh, we, uh, what we're trying to do here is, of course, um, building the space. Um, effectively, we want to build the space. We're looking at what we can do, okay, first of all, to bring in um, audience, people that are not within the uh, NFT space, um, true drivers itself, they come to understand or, or get to know NFT space. And also, um, besides that, uh, we are also looking to how to actually look at what the gaps that we can identify, um, which uh, gets to the second part of the project as well. So first part of the project, um, um, how to achieve it itself, so we are looking at um, Game 5. Um, Coincidentally, because uh, within this, when the play to earn model was very very loud during the twenty twenty one timing, so um, due to excellent affinity, um, I I've been in Vietnam and I was stationed there for a period of time, um, helping um some other projects um doing as a management consultant, so I have got some contacts there, and excellent affinity itself is actually. Their CTO is Vietnamese. Uh, their team is basically uh, Vietnamese to begin with. And through that, I have uh, a lot of projects that are from China and um, other companies there. They, they like to reach out to Vietnam for resources and sometimes to build communities there as well. So I've, I've taken a part in some of these projects um, in terms of the Game 5 projects. Um, they are either traditional mobile games that are going on-chain so they want to actually um, get involved and in, uh, they want to actually add a cryptocurrency component. Um, they want to actually uh, bring their in-game assets on chain to actually become digital assets. Um, or they could be projects that are just uh, thinking of creating a new blockchain game. So given that as emphasis, we, we thought that um, because I participated in some of them, I, I, I know how to design the ecosystems, the tokenomics, so that comes naturally, well, how we want to build drivers. Also, within the, 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 that, I've uh, got some resources and other teammates that did deal with the other aspects of um, these Game 5 projects in terms of like their smart contract, uh, in terms of their conversions to uh, creation of uh, cryptocurrency, 
conversion and some of the in-game assets and digital assets. So the tech part as well. So we assemble a team and the team itself is in our Discord. Can describe that a bit later. And basically from there itself, um we the scan part of Travis project is because again, um from coming from both cryptocurrency exchange background as well as uh, some operating in the Nasdaq space, I, I realized that a lot of um traditional fund um emphasis on platforms that are built in 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 crypto space, in blockchain space as 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 a whole. So Looking at no, not not so much as a a a individual project that's talking about some um, isolated uh, tech revolution or application. They're looking at something that's more platform based, that's more um, infrastructure based. Uh, uh, things like cryptocurrency exchanges, payment systems, um, in relation to that kind of, um, of, of platform. So I felt that. Um, there are some deficiencies that we see right now in the NFT marketplaces and realize that you know, um, given what is available in terms of functionality in the cryptocurrency exchange, um, there are things to be developed as well. So we want to um, look at that and, 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 and potentially um, try to bring a tech project more than uh, uh, just an individual game by project. We will look into developing a marketplace and support our Game 5 project and also bring some of our partners together. So that comes to two components of Travis. Yep. I think uh, what you give out is a pretty uh, detailed breakdown. And also, I mean, looking towards, like, for example, when, like what you said last year, um, P2E game is really huge. And, like, because of, like, XC Infinity paving the way in terms of, you know, a lot of people then wanting to, you know, having, uh, playing the P2E model and things like that. But one thing I realized, or it's my own experience, is that, you know, I started off uh, being in the NFT space, joining Axie Infinity to play, you know, just to try. And the, the one challenge I, I face is that, you know, after a certain time, right, you, you kind of like, um, you just click the button just to because you want to earn it. And then there's no like fun or, you know, there's no, like, the real game element to it. And then, like, right now when the bear market hits, you know, suddenly all these P2E games become not that sustainable. So, in, in your opinion, or, you know, looking back at all these other projects that is already doing it, what, what do you think can improve better in terms of, like, sustainability? I think you have to, again, um, I think uh, looking at P2E purely representing blockchain gaming, it's a very misguided concept in itself. Because um, the intention of uh, actually ha- having blockchain gaming is to solve the pain points of traditional mobile game. Example. Um, for example, what I mentioned, um, uh, if you're going to play a traditional mobile game, once you actually play the game and you spend money there, it becomes an in-game currency that is only functioning in-game. There's no way for you to monetize it outside of the game. And second point, whatever that you have uh, built within during the process of playing the game um, are not assets. They are just data that belongs to, uh, that is hosted in the game developer server. Uh, when you sign out to play a game again, um, the only thing you have is your ID and password, which intentionally, unless you want to sell an account, 
Um, and people may not want to buy your entire account. They just might want to buy one single item. It's very hard to monitorize. It's very hard. It, 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 therefore, um, through that concept itself, uh, traditional mobile gaming become purely for fun and there is no way for you to be able to do anything beyond that. So traditional, so moving on to blockchain gaming, number one, in-game currency. We can replace it with a, a cryptocurrency that allows it to be there for uh, brought out of the game. So you can actually intentionally go to a DEX or a CEX to convert it to USDT and then back to fiat. So that allows you to cash out whatever you've not used or in a, in a, in a essence, um, you are able to then have something that if you decide to sell what you have within the game, it allows you to be cash it out in real life. Um, besides that, for example, if you're doing a RPG game and you actually, within the course of playing the game, you have gathered items. These items itself, if they are digital assets, again, they can be traded to other people. And uh, before NFT application became a, a, a more solid uh, thing. Um, token-driven models did not emphasize on digital assets. So token-driven models like accessibility had certain deficiencies. Um, when you're actually looking into a game uh, saying that your game is a play-to-earn game, um, that is again something that is very good in terms of um, creating a, 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 a sudden fat, uh, a sudden of interest into thinking that you know I used to have the ability to to work to earn, which is something that's based on a proof of work concept, um, you know mining etc. Now I I could stick to earn where I can take my cryptocurrency, stick it and earn DeFi etc. Now I can play to earn. Good concept, essentially there, but it doesn't represent what blockchain gaming can do. So when you're actually focusing on play to earn, the problem with it is that there are only two types of, uh, uh, there are, there are, there becomes number one, if you want to get into the game, you need to first buy something. So for example, I need to buy your tokens, uh, like accessibility to participate. I need to buy your NFT to participate. And the whole ecosystem is limited to you must own something, buy something first, and then get involved. And that itself brings people to come to the thought of investing rather than, 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 than purely playing the game. So you come to the game with the aspect that I invested, just like sticking, just like mining. I want a model that's sustainable to keep, keep giving me returns. Now, if you build a game that's only you must spend in order for you to, 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 to be able to participate. Problem with this is that unlike mining, where you are actually doing something, you are actually authenticating a transaction. In terms of sticking, you're actually uh, locking away supply of the tokens in order to booster the, 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 the token uh, model to support the, 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 in, the increase of the valuation of the token. There's nothing that you do in playing. You are just playing. So, uh, and a lot of times when you're doing play to earn, it becomes a very mission-based thing to, you click a button because you come to the purpose, I want to earn money. So you come to the purpose, I want to spend as little time as possible getting as much as possible. 
And the game de- developer will be thinking, I want to create something as simple as possible, allowing you to do whatever you need to do whatsoever in order to earn your money. So it became a very simplistic model. And in accessibility, there was a, also a dual, do, uh, dual token model where you have a, another token for SLP that allows you to cash out. Now, any tokens in the market, if you have a very little utility bill on it, and the supply is infinite, which is the case of SLP, you get a situation of very, very bad demand, extremely high supply. Therefore, when people sell and the utility SLP largely is cash out the system, it becomes a dumb situation that that's then makes it harder for people to earn. So it's a spiral down effect. People come to spend money in order to earn. People only want to earn. People cash out your token to earn. Yeah. Dumb happens. Gone. <laughs> yeah, I I think one thing you you uh, paint the picture really good is that, for example, people by playing SLP, the main the main purpose is to get uh you know uh. SLP and then cash out. So every time that, you know, even there's like, I think in Southeast Asia, in uh, like Philippines or what, you can actually buy a team and then the team is just uh, having to meet that KPI and then all they do is just playing day and night to hit the KPI to sell the SLP and then you get your thing. So I think in terms of like the ecosystem-wise, it's not really built in terms of sustainability because there's always exit, uh, I mean, people are always exit liquidity. So in terms of when you, when you describe uh, Trivers, you said that Trivers has two components, right? One is the game, the P2E side, and one is the marketplace. So maybe you can el- elaborate a little bit on, for example, the marketplace or once you know people play and get the token, instead of just cashing out the token, what are the other utility that you guys are planning to provide? Okay, I think first of all, we have to go back into the, the part about um, Trivers' first functionality. We are a game five project. We are not a P2E project. So um, ourselves, number one, what I've said so far, we are our, our game when built, we will not be just for the NFT holders. We will not be, will not be a situation like that. You have to invest, buy something before you can play. And it is created to be fun with the concept of taking a traditional mobile gaming proven gameplay model, which is RBG. We've already shown some of the demos of the, what the game is all about because graphics is very important in development because in the sense of uh, traditional um, gameplay, there's already a, it's a re-established uh, coding concept. Um, of course, the only in, uh, intricacy is that how you then um, involve the cryptocurrency and blockchain tech into it. What, so what we're doing is similar to X-Infinity. You go in, Okay, you go on chain. You get in the game, you get off chain. You come out of the game, you go on chain again. Update data as a whole, and therefore um, you have you have to escape the fact that um, you do not need to have multiple transactions every single time you do something within the game. So that is how the game is designed, and that allows us to play up the, the game efficiently. Um, and through that itself, um, um, we are looking into more so uh, a more hot concept in, in, in gaming, which is RPG. And, you know, recently there's also a lot of driven um, um, apps that you can see that are um, like either playing where you actually don't have to 
um, you come to the game, you, you, you focus more on the strategy of building a team, focus more on the strategy of uh, pairing your, your game characters with items to maximize the effect of how they, uh, how they are in the game. So that idea comes back to the point of number one, uh, we're not a token-driven model, so we need to build more sustainable. If and when our, 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 our NFT players do play the game, what they will experience is, first of all, the NFTs itself will give them bonuses in the game. The NFTs will create the in-game current, uh, will, be, uh, will, be, uh, will be giving the NFT holders on a daily basis um, um, you can call it self-sticking, you can call it whatever you want. Um, uh, tokens um, that are functioning as the in-game currency, which is Travis token, which is also cryptocurrency. This itself, okay, would then have a lot of utility within the game. Example, when you actually finish missions, we're not going to reward you tokens. We're going to reward you opportunities for you to actually purchase um, 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 unique digital assets. Example, a sword, an armor. The only way uh, uh, this assets itself can be re- can be unlocked is through using the driver's token. So that's one example of functionality and utility. So we unlock um, the the item. This item itself becomes an NFT that is actually uh, uh, that it becomes a, a digital asset that is transferable. So for example, you unlock the sword. You you have another uh, you have some more bonuses to your player character just like any other game equipment would be. When we have free to play, which is basically the, the intention of the game itself is to make it sustainable to push out to people that want to play the game, they will garner interest from people who love how RPG game function and they want to spend. So when they spend, they are not spending it unlike traditional mobile game models to the game developer. They are going to need to buy the tokens to unlock those uh, uh, um, unique digital assets. And the only way they can get it is by getting it from the NFT holders. Therefore, creating a, 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 a way for you to be able to bring spending to the NFT holders and creating relationship between the free-to-play and play-to-earn uh, um, categories of people. Therefore, this is an example of how we linking up and creating utility and sustainability. So in that way, when you actually had, uh, convert your tokens into a unique digital assets, there are two things that happen. Number one, the tokens are spent to the platform, where the platform will burn away some of the supply, creating deflationary measures. Two, the, the, the tokens when purchased, uh, used to purchase a, a uh, unique digital asset, as long as you use a unique digital asset, you do not convert it back to uh, uh, the, the cryptocurrency. It becomes sort of sort of locked away because you're using the item. And through using the item, it creates a stronger character. And we have PvP component with the game. So PvP component allows you to actually win token. So the stronger character are, the more you can also earn. And tokens can be used a way to actually pit your uh, against the other person, so you actually go into a better arena format. So that those are simply simply some of the instances of how we build our our, our game to be more sustainable.
and you can see it in a white paper effect. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty much uh, extensive on what, what you explained. And I think one thing I really like about is that, you know, how um, you are creating that whole secondary uh, kind of market uh, demand in terms of not just, you know, um, like what you say, you have to unlock um, getting the cryptocurrency, unlocking it to achieve a certain like utility, for example, armor, or weapon. So I think all this kind of uh, complex system is is able to make this whole game five system work and so to in order for you guys um, the team to think about this whole ecosystem how long did it take uh, you guys and are you guys also currently you know working with uh, a game studio to build it okay so two things i mentioned before um i've already participated in many game five projects priority I know the sole pain point of uh, play-to-earn um, focused games. I, I, I understand uh, what blockchain gaming is all about and what, what are the things that they try to do. And because of that, um, a lot of the stuff that I said over here are things that uh, I've already done, but it bits and pieces throughout different types of projects because um, I was doing more for um, as, a, as, a, as a consulting role. So I will not be the deciding point. So therefore, I can say what I want, you know, they can do what they want. So um, in Trivers as well, we decide what we want to do uh, because of what we want to implement. And it becomes an entire embodiment of the experiences of uh, me and my colleagues um, during the period of time for that um, P2E era. So, um, so that's number one. Uh, uh, um, again, uh, beyond that, uh, the reason why we, we built a marketplace is because uh, we want to do two things. Number one, uh, we realize that all the marketplaces do not have very great communication tools. Um, unlike Steam, which is for traditional mobile gaming, there are many ways for the game developer to get in touch with their community, with their players. And um, through um, launching demos and um, um, earlier versions, people can participate, comment on it, and after that create a, a, a compelling reason for other people to look at the comments before they decide to play. So I think communication is very, very strong. And for a Web 2 platform like Steam, I think they did it very well. And for Web 3 uh, community-driven project, you should we should do it even better than them. So that's why we wanted something of our own space, uh, a platform, which comes to the point of um, building into a marketplace. Again, all those cryptocurrencies, digital assets, they need a place to be circulated. So that goes the fact that we want to actually link it to our, um, uh, our marketplace. Beyond that, um, 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 by linking to our marketplace, we will be linking to other projects, allowing um, people to migrate in between projects. So, for example, if you own Project A's uh, NFT, you decide not to participate in Project A, you can convert it to Project A's token, thereby swapping it to Project B's tokens, then buying Project B's um, um, NFTs from there. So we would have that functionality within our, 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 our marketplace as well. And that's something unique to us. Um, not just talking about white lists, not just talking about you know somewhere, something that allows you to list stuff and for people to buy but also just migration purpose as well. And eventually, because of my cryptocurrency exchange background, we will introduce some, what we call centralized uh, component into it because very much now, marketplaces are decentralized. 
So there are things that you can only do if you do centralize. Example, um, securing assets within a custodian wallet which becomes more secure. Looking into fractionization asset that allows you to build even like ETF models like uh, what KuCoin is doing right now, but more on personal component. You can example decide, you know, um, um, Kaju friends, uh, um, um, BAYC, whatever, build it into a portfolio of of, of digital assets within one wallet, fractionize it into um ten thousand pieces, make it affordable for people who may not have the ability to buy all those uh, NFTs and create a sub-NFT from it. And that's basically very much for the ETF concept that uh, KuCoin is doing. So they, they are doing um, CryptoPunks. They did BAYC as well, if I'm not wrong. So um, I think those are functionalities that we want within our, 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 our marketplace. And that is something you need to use. And that creates utility for our token because we will become the intermediary of all the other projects. Yeah, and I really like what you said about you know being able to swap to other projects like native token uh not only because like what we see right now in the market whitelist or you know marketplace is actually very saturated in terms of the marketplace only used for buying whitelist but right now with the freemium uh meta with you know the the merch is happening like four hours right and then all this kind of stuff happening right now there's not much actually whitelist to give away or projects that is you know high high quality to give away so it, it tends like for example I've been in a project that has like, you know whitelist marketplace but I'm not actually purchasing any right now because it's not none of it is kind of like worth it anymore right so I think in if you take a look at it how to improve a marketplace basically a marketplace don't have to be just a whitelist right it can be a lot of things it's just a place where you can spend your token at so like what you say about you know fractionalizing a BAYC for example or a blue chip NFT people able to use the token to you know uh, to mint it to be a part of something I think all this kind of uh, function will make the whole marketplace sustainable and people will kind of like you know um Go to go to it, spend it because as you know, NFC people. I I think one thing we we are all um can agree is like you know we are people that is like high risk. Like we like to spend on high risk thing, and uh, if you given you know more options for people to spend, they will definitely spend if it's uh, beneficial to them or the risk uh, versus reward is high. So I think all this you know um really in depth. And um, with all this planning, how long actually did your team, you know, uh, when you guys started out? And then right now, when do you guys uh, plan to, you know, go live to, for the minting? Trivers itself has been around quite, for quite some time. Um, basically, as you know, um, Tubli and I have more of our um, grounds in terms of Web2 space. So um, when we wanted to do Trivers, uh, it was, number one, difficult to explain this concept earlier on in the year, part of the year where um, the entire community as a whole were more, was more hype-based. Um, there's more influencer play. There's more belief that um, following somebody who has a large following uh, and there's more outspoken in the space is the right way to go. I think um, there is a switch of, switch of focus to look at projects that are more uh, utility-based. There are more buildings that, 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 that tends to want to fill their roadmaps. So uh, we've been around since, um, I think, Feb, 
March this year. We conceptualized since December last year. So um, we built uh, some of the stuff, uh, like for example, our own board where we actually purchase other types of NFTs uh, using our own funds, uh, me and uh, to, 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 to actually look at um, giving a certain value to our NFT holders because they will then be able to use their tokens to swap for the tokens that are generated from the board and therefore get into other projects. Um, so that, that creates a basis of how we allow um, in-between swapping even before other projects collaborate with us. So, you know, um, you must have a pay base point for utility. Uh, beyond that itself, um, 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 we have also tried to build the, the audience for Web3, which is difficult to us because we didn't have any context as per se. So we were doing participating in AMAs like this, um, a lot of uh, collaboration work to slowly build our, our, our community to what it is today uh, in Twitter space, 80,000, uh, Discord space, 70,000. But again, it's also a, a, a painful process for us to communicate and educate um, our communities to what we're trying to do. And uh, we are trying to do as many uh, AMAs as possible now um, to explain to people, to reach out to people. Uh, we're going to hold more extensive uh, voice chats within our server as well to explain what I explained. Um, because um, there's more to um, Trivers than what Spring said right now. And um, we are looking to maintain, but as you said, the ETH merge is quite a big thing. Um, even for my exchange we are running, we are also there are a lot of preparations that a lot of cryptocurrency exchanges are doing. But um, again, if you follow what uh, Vitalik is saying, um, the merge is only a portion of what um, ETH 2.0 will be. So ETH 2.0 is just a tech name. It's no new token being generated, but um, there are functionalities. That, there are there are there are pain points that he's trying to get rid of. Number one, he's trying to move away from a proof of uh, work concept to a proof of stake concept. He's trying to actually uh, drive it from a mining model to a staking model. He's trying to also build um, uh, more efficiency into the TPS throughput of uh, per second um, of uh, uh, Ethereum to scale up by doing balance sharding. So introducing balance, like in balance sharding is concept, not something new, something around since 2017, 2018. So um, balance sharding allows you to actually increase the transaction per second, which is capable of building Ethereum up to even 100,000 transactions per second uh, once they stabilize. And that comes next year. So the merge is all about um, 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 merging what they already have uh, running um, as a POS uh, concept, which is their beacon chain, to become the consensus layer where um, instead of using the, 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 the proof-of-work model, um, all the logic and the functionality of how the transactions are being conducted will be um, through the consensus layer of the new POS model. So though I, I, I actually, it's just a tech upgrade. I, I think guys are yeah. really, really over, over worrying about ETH, <laughs> ETH much in the NFT space. Yeah. Really. I I, I, I kind of think like, you know, Overthinking. Uh, you know there's, there's like two types of people, right? So the, the first type of people is like, oh, you know, ETH merge, you know, what's going to happen to our NFT? Or some people say, oh, our NFT is going to be double. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and, and things like that, right? And then yeah. another but another range of people is like, actually, there's there's nothing much. Uh, the merge happened. I mean, if, if it's what Vitalik say is good, then actually it's getting better in terms of like transi uh, transaction time and stuff like that. So, there's nothing really bad about it. 
right? But it's always this hiccup where we 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 will not know. Maybe five hours from now we will know, right? But it's always like um, you know, this kind of thing. But what I think is like you know, as like NFT project or like builder in the space, there's even things like this happen. It doesn't make any difference. We just continue to build, right? So let's talk a bit yeah. more about like your game. Um, we already know of, of like the technical side. So in terms of your game, I, I see like there's like tons of like hero classes, um, and then like you know each each character do they have like a different like game style that that we have to play, or maybe you can talk a little bit more on how the game is gonna be like. You know. A game is only interesting when there's stuff to learn. Um, a RPG game, a role-playing game, essentially is about playing a role in a game. When you want to play a role in a game, you want to actually uh, feel a sense of belonging to the player character. And that's when, if you read the stuff that are the law, that is in drivers, but try to create the effect that you know which character does what. What's the, what's, what's the background each character does. Reading that creates just the interest for you to want to play that role. For example, I want to be an elf. Wow, elf so cool. Elf so inclined with the nature. Uh, uh, the powers of the elf in combat are related to that. I want to play. So the, the idea is to create the I want to play idea. So when you want to play, um, you want to understand the background of drivers. And Trivers itself, the name of it, is not, unlike a lot of people think, created because of Metaverse. No. Metaverse is Metaverse. Trivers is Trivers. Trivers is, is named so because um, there are three realms of existence, three re- universes that are on parallel existence. Um, they exist so because of timeline uh, um, 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 forks. And this fox happened when something major happened in each timeline. So the three timelines that are created, therefore, are the realm of technology, the realm of magic, and the realm of the Tao. So these three realms represent symbolically what happens when a major event changed the way that history, or rather the future itself, has become. So in the realm of technology, you see cyborgs, you see... Um, um, robots, you see purebred humans. In, in the realm of magic, you see elves, you see dwarves. You know, um, 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 and then, you know, there will be three player classes, clans, per realm. And that brings itself to the background of tribes. So there's a lot of the law that you, as you play a game, you realize, hey, why did tribes become so? Why, what happened? Why, uh, so what's the future of it? How are the three realms going to battle? How are the three realms going to fight each other to become the existence of only one? The three realms all want to have only one timeline, only one uh, existence. So there's a war of the realms going on. And that's tribal. So the playing the game itself in- incorporates you take, uh, selecting player characters, creating up a team, through the team itself, participate in guilds, wars, through the guild itself, the winning of the guilds, then participate in the realm wars. And by winning realm wars, uh, um, um, then more of uh, the existence of each realm depends on how well you perform in each battle, and, and that's basically what tribal is all about. Yeah, I, I, 
one one thing I really like is like you guys also release this uh gameplay demo in in your Twitter, and in terms yeah. of like how we, how I see the gameplay and stuff like that, I I kind of like get it the whole the whole vibes that you guys are trying to build. And one thing mm. I really like is uh, this is the I, I've been doing so much um, uh, Twitter space with a lot of P two E games, but the only P two E games that I've I've discussed so far, uh, and I think that is really in terms of like thinking about the whole sustainability because a P two E game or you know a game five the ecosystem is really important, right? Yeah. Uh, you launch the game, but you also need people to hook on the game. It's it's yeah. not just you know you launching the game people play and that's it you done your your role but the main yes. factor is after people playing it what makes them to come back every day to play it and in terms of that I think you guys have already you know come out with a a whole system not just game but you know marketplace um how to make it interesting the class heroes and stuff like that so it's it, I think it's it, this whole pretty con- this whole concept is like pretty solid to me. And in terms of like, um, what what are your projects like? You know, long term vision and like short term vision. Long term vision, like what I mentioned in the beginning, is to bring people into NFT space. The idea itself to build the space is not by draining the liquidity of space by 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 providing more and more NFTs that lead to zero utility. That in or non fulfillment of their roadmaps because uh, no idea what to do next. So you, we need to actually bring people into the space and make it bigger. You know, bring liquidity into the space and make it bigger. So that part is through the getting mass attention and eyeballs into a project and therefore through the project itself get into the game. Because a gamer who plays Travis may not even know about NFTs, may not even know about uh, digital assets. But when they participate and realize that um, con- um, in contrast to the traditional mobile games they're playing, there's so much advantages to blockchain gaming. Not so much the idea because the gamers don't really know about play to earn and they may be very against the infinity game because it's not even fun to play so when they play the game and they realize that hey the in-game thing currency that I, I spend on hey I can I can actually monetize it I can go out of the game to actually convert it to cryptocurrency in USDT wow I get back my money two hey digital assets can sell wow digital assets as NFTs are scarcity model there's a limited number and therefore, what I have is only a composition of what is finitely available out there. Ah, it becomes an asset. It's mine. It's not, I decided, I decided to not play the game. Shit, all I'm left with is the password ID or something. And then the more I don't play, the more uh, uh, I, 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 my, my progress of my character gets stagnated and less value in my character. So, gamers want play. And gamers will then create a natural extension of how this NFT space is, becomes bigger because they start participating in drivers, they start understanding drivers, they start playing the game, they start getting assets. And then after that, they decide, hey, there's some, they then look at the marketplace, hey, there are other projects. What's this? There's another game, eh? Hey, looks fun. Okay, let me try to sell some of my stuff that I don't use in drivers. Hey, there are two swords. Let me sell one sword. I get some tokens. Hmm, let me try to convert it to the other uh, 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 project tokens. Okay, let me try to get some NFTs from them. Hey, what's this NFT? Hey, it can increase the value. Eh? It can drop. Eh? Hey, shit. Drop. Too bad. Increase value. Wow, I love it. You get some attention. I box. Yeah. It's, 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 it's always about, you know, um, like, like what I see, you know, projects, 
when people initially minted, it's always, you know, about, you know, oh, I, I, I totally love the project and stuff like that. But once after mint, you know, um, that, that when people actually give you the money, then there's risk at stake. And then they want you to deliver, you know, oh, so it's always going to be like, you know, when, like, right, like what people say, oh, how to build a strong community. My, my opinion, right, as long as your floor price is high, your community is already strong, right? Because, because when when everybody's happy, nobody's fat. Everybody thinks that it's it's good. But one thing, four price is only one indication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, in generally, if the floor price is high, people's gonna be happy because flippers are happy, and flippers are Agreed. usually the one that always fat, right? So I think you know, in in terms of like building projects these days, it has to be something that is uh not not really short term long-term in terms of like thinking about, you know, post-launch, uh, what you guys are going to do. Uh, and, and so in terms of your roadmap, maybe we can end with this. Um, on I, I see there's like so much extensive uh, stuff that you guys are planning in terms of like the game is just one small aspect to it. So in terms of like this year, what, what, what I, where can we see uh, the roadmap fulfilled until? Um, let's talk about measurements of what we can do um, immediately then going forward. So immediately, the thing itself is that um, when you actually get uh, the... Okay, so one slight part I already covered besides the roadmap is that, uh, just like we mentioned, about how projects kind of die off after me. The reason, reason behind that itself is that it's particip- participation. So everyone's gaming towards the I mean, getting one of the, the, the whitelists, getting one of the NFTs. After that, the ones that get the NFTs, they become prestige ones. The ones that don't get the NFTs, they become the secondary market they can buy. That's the only functionality. So then these people, then so much attention is, is being spent to, I need to give value back to those NFT folders. But the rest of the community, so in Trivers, our tokenomics model has what we call bounty hunting. So if you are a Trivers community that did not manage to get the NFT, you can still participate by playing the game, testing the game, giving us ways to improve. Then, from there, get the rewards of Trivers token. Through the rewards of the token itself, participate again in the ecosystem. You never leave. You don't need to leave. So, that is what we are trying to drive at. That builds the community hype, the community belief, the community engagement. And that builds up the secondary market, which in turn supports the floor price of your NFT. So that's Trivers. So um, 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 that's the logic behind it. Then um, um, in terms of what you said, the function, uh, functionality is what we're doing. Number one, um, we will be in six weeks' time create a, a, a marketplace that allows us to start listing stuff. So whatever we tell about our DJ assets, uh, uh, tokens that we have, we will be able to list there. Um, also, uh, because we're getting uh, partners to come on board, so those uh, partners at white leases, whatever they have, will be able to list there. That provides our community something that to, to look at to trade in. Um, secondary to that, um, within eight weeks um, time, there will be a, a PVP PVP launch. Um, that PVP launch itself itself uh, will be a better arena format, where um, you know the best way to to to, to test the skill of your team uh, and how you know how well you can play the game is not really PVE, but it's PVP. Because a player is not a computer. A player can be more creative. They can change the way they want to actually 
create and, and composite their team, the different strategies. Example, just by placing who's in front. You know, you can you can play the game wrong, put a mage in front, someone with less hit points, and the character dies so fast. You can protect it by putting a tank hero in front that has a lot of hit points, and the mage hero behind that allows you to put more output in terms of damage. So those are strategies, and the right strategy composition allows you to be able to win more battles. Winning more battles allows you to win more tokens. Winning more tokens allows you to get more rewarded. So those, those and, and, and that participation itself um, can be given to um, not just the NFT holders, but anyone, drivers. Anyone who can, can, can play the game. And through the process, get involved in our bounty hunting. And that itself get involved in our ecosystem again. So you don't, you, 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 you don't, the, the journey doesn't end with the, with the mean. The journey starts with the mean. So that's what we want to actually do in a very short-term aspect. In the, in, in, the, in the long-term aspect, we will be launching various races again, the PvE component, the Guild Wars component, the Realm Wars component, then um, fully making it into what we call a Web 2 base game. And then further on, um, depending on how right the technology is for Metaverse, I mean, we all, Metaverse is a hot word. But even Meta, Facebook, with their tons of resources, can't build a, 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 I would say viable, but I would say a more uh, um, stable metaverse environment. So till then, uh, if it's uh, uh, stable, we will build a Web 3.0 game. And when the Web 3.0 game itself is incorporated, um, there will be uh, uh, ways that we can solve the issues about mining and all this, especially with Ethereum moving forward with the merge um, and bringing down what we call transaction fees. So we still, that's the reason why we built uh, on ETH looking forward. Because a lot of people talk about, wow, mining fees, transaction fees, how? But if you really look into how Ethereum is moving forward, I don't believe it will be an issue in the future. So, um, um, so that's drivers. Uh, we will be moving forward for this. Uh, the details are on the roadmap in the, the papers that we we'll launch. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much for uh, your brief explanation, bro. So uh, once again, uh, all the best to the drivers team. Uh, thank you for being here on space today to uh, you know explain more to in terms of your ecosystem, your sustainability, and your vision for the project. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, to Blue, CS, and Paul T for being here with me today. All the best for your project as well. Thank you. Enjoying the podcast? Go to the PewCast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All things rainbow. All things rainbow.